business, local business. Right, let's talk about national and international business now. It's time for politics. I'm joined by Dr. Phil Ferguson and John Moore, as I always am every week. Good morning. Good to be here. How are you, Jamie? Yeah, I'm, I'm good for Thursday. Oh, wait, it's Friday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine and dandy, to be honest. But I, I, it's funny, because like, the beginning of this week, I think, went slow for every single human on Earth. Uh, and then the last three days, two days have just accelerated by. Yes. You know, it's yes. been one of those weeks. It's been a weird week. Uh, yeah. but Jamie's alluding there that I actually thought it was Thursday today yeah, until yes. he uh, sent me a message early in the morning. Yeah, I, try, I, try, I rang him at first. I felt, I felt quite bad about that. I was like, but I have to do it. But if days it. are just a social construct, can we not say today is any day? Um, that, that's right, but come on. <laughs> All right, uh, days have been going by uh, for Matilia Ture, uh, and uh, they probably, not in a good way, a lot of pressure, no doubt, uh, for her at the moment, uh, but she seems to be handling it quite well. It's funny because this story just won't die down her admission of benefit fraud. Um, you know, the writers all over all over her, all over the Greens, uh, and it's strange, it's rare in these days that a story like this will last this long, I feel. Mm. Like, I mean, uh, you just look at the current Prime Minister and his house uh, situation where he was, you know, getting uh, so double much, dipping, double dipping, getting a lot of money from from um, you know parliamentary services and or whatnot. Whoever pays uh, the rent for P, uh, for ministers of parliament, um, so he was double dipping. He knew he was double dipping, and he, um, you know. He pushed that story a bit and was like blah, 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 and then admitted it in the end and ended up paying it back and that was the end of the story. Um, but this one, it seems like the Greens just either don't have the spin doctors mm. that other parties have or um, they're just too honest and, <laughs> you know, well, I guess um, which seems, is great, yeah. which is great. And, and, the, and the other ones can just hide things and then spin something else out and the story will just dissolve. I guess so that the Greens, in a sense, want to keep this new, this story in the news with a positive spin. Yeah. Um, uh, cynics are arguing, some on the left, mostly on the right, that this was a very calculated move yeah. to actually uh, um, present the Greens as a, uh, a more party on the political left, whereas it's been on, seen to be on the centre, if not even edging over towards the right as of late. Mm. And it was very much um, um, Materia Ture's uh, confession that she had committed benefit fraud, I, I believe in the 90s, um, uh, was very much part of their um, policy, went alongside their announcement <coughs> of their policy package on benefits to raise benefits by 20%. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I still think, on the whole, it was a sensible move of, of Therese and of the Greens to uh, to uh, coincide her uh, personal confession alongside with their policy announcement. But this week, there's certainly been a lot of backlash yeah. and uh, a, a lot of um, um, comments from politicians and political pundits and, and people in the media uh, presenting this as a moral issue. Basically, there it's it's immoral for anyone to break the law. Yeah, but it's not immoral for people to uh, look after their own and do their best. And it seems like the arguments coming from the haves. You know, you're not, you know, but you having the the have-nots are supporting her, and the haves are certainly not. Yeah, New Zealand's a funny country, isn't it? We've got this very liberal veneer, and beneath it, it's it's struck me for a long time. There's a real kind of nasty streak, and it's coming out around this particular issue, this kind of sanctimoniousness about what she did, mm-hmm. when she's actually fessed up and she said she'd pay back the money, 
So what's the big deal? Um, and yeah, we've got English double dipping. We've had previous um, National Party MPs and Labour Party MPs double dipping over the House thing. I mean, that's yeah, that's certainly not um, uncommon. Um, it was interesting on questions and answers <coughs> um, where they had John Tamahiri and uh, Claire, oh, the political scientist, I think she's in uh, Massey, and the former Labour Mayor of Wellington, um, Kerry Prendergast. And Kerry Prendergast was just absolutely aghast, you know, that she had broken the law oh, really? and it was, you know, completely out of order and it was immoral and so on. Whereas the other two people were completely understanding about it, you know, and pointed out, well, she was a solo mother on a very, very limited benefit. It was just after the benefit cuts. Mm-hmm. What was she supposed mm. to do? Let the kids starve or go and go and shoplift? Yeah, yeah. You know, these people have got absolutely no idea how a whole section of the population lives, mm. and they're not interested in having an idea about it either. Yeah, they've just got this kind of sanctimonious, self-righteous thing that they will justify any amount of, you know, moral uh, <laughs> turpitude, yeah, minor or major, on the part of their friends. Yeah, but but, the, but over this, they're they're suddenly on the moral high ground. The closest that we've ever come to even seeing it is just driving past uh, when you're driving on the motorway. Looking at the state houses, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, there's a bunch of houses there, and people living in them," but they don't have a clue or a, an ounce of a clue. And some of them may do, and like you know, John Key obviously grew up in a household yeah. where there was a big struggle. And, and the thing is, if John Key's mother had done something immoral or anything just to help the family survive, he'd never know about it. And there'd be no. probably yeah, and it, it may have happened. And it's yeah. and you know, because it happens in a lot of these households, they have mm. to. Yeah. They have to. There's no choice. Um, I'm you today's daughter, former Radio One presenter. Here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, and such a um, like, such a lovable, amazing human, uh, and and that's um, down to you know her mother, you know, and has been brought up in a really a, a fantastic way, and she's going, and she has gone on to live a really awesome, productive life, and she's doing really good things, um, and, and that's because. Um, her mother installed her with great morals. Mm. You know, she's not amoral. She was just surviving. Yeah, mm. yeah she's absolutely. just surviving. Um, now, and I think it'll be interesting to see how, we, when more polls come out in regards to this particular issue, how people in the end judge material terrain. Mm. Because it's interesting. And over the last ten years, there's been increasing concerns over issues of inequality and, mm. and poverty in New Zealand. Now. Uh, I, I guess it, it's then a jump for people, even if they are concerned about ground levels of poverty, to say, um, oh, so it, therefore it's, it's okay for people in a situation of poverty to break the law. I guess uh, the way most people brought up the whole uh, education system, the whole media, uh, pushes out that ideology that uh, that we must all be law-abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, philosophically, uh, there's a very strong argument that if laws are unjust, then it is just and moral to break those laws. Yeah, uh, and we can all think of extreme examples. If we, if we lived under a dictatorship, which was you know brutally oppressing people, then obviously it would be the morally correct thing to break laws. But I guess people need to think out the issue a bit more in regards to things such as uh, benefit fraud and uh, maybe cheating on your taxes in certain situations, etc. Well, trust. Uh, I mean, all yeah. these people, all yeah. the haves have trust. <laughs> yeah. 
us, and they know how to bury it legally. You know, yes, yeah. exactly. You know, they've yeah. got they've, they've got they can pay the people and know the ways to do it that way. So I mean, oh. and that's immoral. Yes, yeah. and they are obeying the law. So that's a, a, the, yeah the, the counter. Uh, to my previous argument, if, if uh, sometimes laws are there, even if people are obeying the laws, mm. if the laws are designed to benefit people in positions, uh, elite positions, then actually obeying those laws and carrying out those laws to letter might be in of itself immoral yeah. or amoral. Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at that company up in, uh, in Thames that just shut down yesterday. They've got 100 and something employees. It's been going since the 1800s, um, a manufacturing company. Now, they've just gone under. They told the staff the day before not to come into work tomorrow. We're gone, and you probably won't get your wages. Mm. Now, as the receivers are in, and the first pe- people, of course, that get served are the, uh, are the secured creditors. But you've had these people that obviously done work and they're not going to get paid now, but that's legally to do that, to take their actual pay yeah, packet away yeah, from them. Yeah. They should have closed down weeks ago. Mm. Oh, and that's then, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that they, whole... Yeah. They should have closed down weeks ago and still had some mm. money in reserve to pay their workers and just been shut down two weeks earlier or three weeks earlier. Yeah. You know, but that that's it's perfectly fine to do that. So mm. take people that have worked hard, hard yakka, mm. and then you can just take their money away and some of those yeah, and, and do it in a blink of an eye yeah. yeah I think that what's interesting though is because of all these more highlighted actions of what could be what could arguably be called immoral actions by corporations and I think since the financial crisis of maybe 10 years ago now there has been a shift in thinking globally especially in the west and I think people uh, are starting to judge uh, corporations and judge governments in a way that they didn't previously so like I said before people are definitely concerned now about issues of inequality about corporate corruption mm-hmm. uh, about the nature of capitalism as a whole um, yeah. and we didn't even you know a few years ago we, we wouldn't even have heard the term capitalism being used in the media it's used all the time now so there has actually been, I think, a hegemonic shift, and there's now a zeitgeist where politicians and, and political leaders who are pushing out, a, 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 if only in rhetoric, um, radical visions, radical alternatives, uh, that is resonating with at least a large minority of the population. And for that reason, I think what Materia Ture has done in her confession and what the Greens have done in presenting you know, a relatively left-wing um, uh, benefit reform package, I think it is going to be a vote winner and it is mm. going to resonate with at least a minority of the population. Even if 80% of the population thinks she's acted immorally and that we shouldn't raise the benefits of people, it doesn't really matter as long as... Mm. Uh, um, yeah the Greens are able to grow their voter base from from this from this this swing sudden swing to the left. Yeah, but there is there is evidence that you know is that they may gain votes uh, from this, and the Greens yeah. may get a little bit stronger. Um, Labour might lose votes because they are tied in with them, and those mm. votes could go to New Zealand first. They won't go to the Greens. Yeah, that is that is a, a strong argument. Yeah. yeah. So you know the left, uh, and I think some Labour votes could go to the Greens as well. Uh, people who are more sensitive about issues of inequality and. Uh, mm. Um, and, and about poverty, uh, they could see well. L- Labour isn't offering um, uh, any policies that would would help people in those uh, desperate situations. The Greens are, 
So there could be some votes lost to the Greens and then some votes uh, amongst more conservative voters uh, who have more uh, conservative views on beneficiaries. Yes, definitely the votes could be lost in New Zealand first. Mm, mm, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, what what is this? You know, will this debate bring about changes in the welfare system, Phil, regardless of who gets in? Well, I think that's going to be interesting, isn't it? With the Greens pushing the uh, demands for for reform of the welfare system, I think it does put National under a certain amount of pressure to make some changes, mm-hmm. um, not maybe the kind of changes you know to anywhere near the extent that the Greens want, or that the Greens might be able to coerce. Labour to agree to yeah. if Labour's only alternative was to go into coalition with the Greens. But I think one of the valuable things that she has done is actually highlight just how hard it is to survive on a on a benefit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think yeah, there could well be some reform to the to the welfare system as a, as a result. Yeah, people have got to remember too at this time, like you said, the benefit cuts had just come in, and it's not like she was on a, um, you know, her child was exactly at school age either, so she was actually raising her daughter yeah. at home. So and people yeah. might say, well, you should have just got a job. Well, where are you going <laughs> to, yeah, you can't. You can't. There, there yeah, was significant to, levels of unemployment at that yeah, time. I mean, there yeah. still are, but that was that was a time mm. where there was mass unemployment. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it wasn't like there was free childcare, but you know, yeah, exactly, available all over the place. <laughs> what should she do? Leave the child home alone? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it worked out for Macaulay Colgan. Actually, didn't he? Went insane. Um, <laughs> apparently, he's clean cut now. I read that this morning. Mm. All right, um, just one more thing on this. Is this? Um, is this package a reaction, because uh, you said it's bringing them back to the left, is this necessary, do you think, they've, they've seen, um, because of the way they have been the last few years and the way James Shaw has kind of taken them economically, they have to come up with a, the left package to sustain their voters that are sitting at that end? Is there fear that those people might just not even vote? I think so. I think it's interesting when you look at some of the uh, leading um, Green Party members when they've talked about the swing to the left, they've very much connected it with um, with the the sort of youth eruption that has happened in Britain with uh, Jeremy Corbyn and with the, the same phenomenon in America with Bernie Sanders, and they're wanting to tap into that phenomenon. They've yeah. said that quite explicitly. Mm-hmm. I think, in a sense, that the the Greens have sort of missed um, what Bryce Edwards has been terming as. The the, the new radical zeitgeist that people are a lot more open to radical ideas coming from the left or right mm-hmm. and uh, while this has been happening the Greens have felt that they've had to um, turn them in themselves from a rather beige party, a rather bland party operating within the centre that's not going to offend business interests, that's, uh, that's uh, presents itself as able to work with any political party and that type of politics is actually um, breaking down that idea that we that the it's within the centre that you win votes um, and, and that you can't be too extreme and that's been proved by the Brexit um, yep. referendum in England and by the uh, Trump becoming president that that type of politics uh, uh, is being dismantled. So I think the Greens have suddenly woken up and yeah. realised, hey, it's cool to be radical again, and yeah. this, is, this is a vote winner, and um, we're not benefiting at all from presenting ourselves as rather mild and centrist. I wonder if, if that kind of thing will work in an MMP system. 
Well, I think the Greens are the obvious ones to do it. I don't think Labour could could pull it off because, I mean, who believes that Labour is the party of social change these days? <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to be pretty deluded. Um, so the Greens are the obvious, uh, obviously the best place to do it. And I think MMP actually um, is quite an ideal environment for them to be able to to do it because people will vote for whoever they want to vote for in the constituency and do their party vote for the Greens. Whereas in a first-past-the-post system, it's much more difficult for that sentiment to be expressed. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. in MMP, I still think that in the election there'll be a huge number of people not voting. And the Greens yeah. haven't... I mean, I'm not voting. And the Greens haven't done enough to, to encourage me to vote for them. Yeah. Fiscal responsibility and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you, you know, if they get in with Labour, it's not going to be much, much different. Mm. And Labour will stymie anything... I mean, they haven't. The Greens haven't indicated any of these are bottom line positions, yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. they will demand have to be implemented if they are part of the government. And they're still um, um, in this budget. They still are abiding to these budget budgetary responsibility rules that they've signed with Labour, which are very economically conservative, mm-hmm. uh, even could be described as austerity light, in Ooh, that they yeah. demand that the government yeah. must um, deliver a 20% surplus, which which actually, in a sense, um, if they did rigorously stick to those budgetary responsibility rules, it would put them to the right of the current national government, because the current <laughs> national government has yeah. been prepared to go into deficit and borrow yeah. um, at times um, to, to inject uh, um, uh, state funding into the economy and to keep services operating. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I think they initially the Greens and Labour thought it would make them appear very economically sensible. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I get that for the national, but I think that was, in, you know, the, the, that was the count uh, in terms of when we were in economic, economic downturn, mm. prepared to do that. And I would say, imagine the Greens would be too. You know, I mean, if, if shit hits the fan, over the stock exchange, Labour throughout um, the time that National has held power has criticised National for operating uh, under a deficit. Oh, you that to, they, yeah. would, they would bring, um, if they were in government, they would operate um, uh, with a surplus, you which, which would it. mean, uh, um, yes, it might just be rhetoric, but yeah. uh, uh, it does position them economically in some way to the right of National. All right, we, we, let's move on uh, quickly to Trump's ban on uh, <coughs> transgender people serving in the military. Uh, it's outright bigotry, uh, for my mind, uh, over over the rights of humans uh, and the wants and needs of the United States military. I mean, when Obama passed these laws um, just last year around this topic, um, that was with the blessing of all U.S. military mm. um, branches. You know, every single branch of the military was like, "Yes, good." There's some four thousand, I think, transgender people in reserves in the reserves, and there's over a thousand with the two uh, active. Yeah, I thought it was two and a half thousand active. Uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and within the United States military, that's probably a small, small fraction, but there's still um, a lot of people serving their nation yeah. under the flag in the name of so-called freedom, uh, and they're having their freedoms taken away from them. Yeah. Yes, there's a certain irony here. <laughs> uh, and I, I was actually quite surprised by the, the move on 
Donald Trump's part. Um, and uh, I, I think it, uh, some political commentators are arguing that uh, really this is a cynical move by Trump. When, he's, when at the moment he's under a lot of pressure with accusations of uh, cooperating with the Russians, mm. uh, uh, his, his support is, uh, is going down in public polls, um, there's various uh, congressional investigations with uh, um, some of his supporters, people in his family, uh, especially over relationships with the Russians, whether they con- concluded with the, not concluded, was the colluded. Term, colluded with the Russians. Convoluted. Yes. <laughs> Before the election. So some people are arguing, and, and, and this resonates with me, that this is really a cynical move on Trump's part to to change the, the dominant political narrative of, of one of the main issues in America at the moment. Yeah. Because it's such a polarising issue. And I don't think... I think, I think Trump, uh, in his hearts of heart, is a, um, a good old-fashioned New York liberal. Um, in the past... Well, he was. Yeah, he, he used to be pro-choice. Even um, as uh, president of the United States, he's come out with some pro LGBT plus um, comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is just a deeply cynical move on his part to sort of shore up his uh, conservative and Christian fundamentalist supporters. Now, I tell you, Phil, um, there's a lot of chemicals in hair dye, and they can uh, mess around with the brain makeup. Uh, but, for, <laughs> you know, do, do, um, do you think maybe um, just maybe someone transgender insulted him on Twitter? So he just wrote, well, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you. You wouldn't know, would you? It could possibly be the case. Yeah, or he tried to touch up somebody who was transgender and didn't get the response that he expected. Yeah, well, wow. It's just, he is just bizarre. And like this one... You know, he's he's trying to draw attention away from the the alleged Russian collusion and so on. It's like instead of shooting himself in the left foot, now he's shooting himself in the right foot, because the constituency for this kind of bigotry, okay, it exists, but it is not huge. Yeah, you know, it's not huge, and it's creating more problems for him within the Republican Party as well. And that he announces it in a tweet, <laughs> for God's sake, you know. And he complained about Obama being autocratic, and you know, mm. all these people that voted for Trump. Oh, Obama's autocratic. And here's somebody who who announces a new policy that is, you know, a big deal. Mm, it's mm. a big deal. And he announces it in a tweet. Yeah. And like the, yeah. the, the American military... You know, they don't get to be top dog without having some sophisticated people somewhere, even if it's not the president. You know, the, the people and the people who run the armed forces are probably just scratching their heads and wondering, who is this dude? Yeah. <laughs> but it could be quite disruptive in the military yeah. that, uh, if um, they have to actually discharge people who are currently yeah. uh, operating within the military. Uh, it, it, it could lead to protests within the military, yeah. even from uh, top-level uh, yeah. figures in the military. Mm. Um, it, and it, it's, yeah, it's suddenly going to cast possibly a negative light on, on, on the military forces as well. well and it's going to lead to, surely it's going to lead to court cases that are going to yeah. go all the way to the Supreme Court. Mm. And... He's just opened up a whole can of worms for himself. And like, is it but I guess that's what he wants. Because yeah, then it, it's gonna, <laughs> all the focus is suddenly going to be on this issue. Yeah, uh, It's going to distract from those other issues uh, that, that are um, concerning Trump and his administration. I wonder but if this is going to be as big a problem for, you know, it's like, okay, I've got this problem, so I'll create this problem, problem. that mm. is going to be, you know, stir up at least, actually it's going to probably stir up more 
yeah, more, yeah. more, you know, turbulence than than the than the Russian thing. And at two negatives, you just turn one negative on the side, <laughs> and it becomes a positive. Yeah, that's all you, you need to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cutting um, plan. I wonder if Chelsea Manning has anything to do with his thought thought pattern on this, because of course Chelsea Manning, um, you know, um, published secrets documents, went to jail, um, and then became uh, got a sex change in, in jail, um, and then was released under pardon by Obama. Trump's talked about sending Chelsea back, didn't like that call, so I wonder if that has anything to pay, because I mean that was in the media only a few weeks ago again, Trump's comments on Chelsea Manning. Well he's certainly very, he's a very impressionistic uh, <laughs> character, Trump, so... That's um, a kind way of putting it. <laughs> so yes, um, uh, his sort of uh, personal views and his personal responses to his sort of gut feelings or... Um, um, are always all over the place, and, 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 yes, and, yeah. and and do shape how he operates politically. Yes. I mean, there's yeah. never been a president like him. I was I, <laughs> I, I was I was young during the when uh, the last part of the the Nixon, yeah, you know, yeah. politically kind of conscious, of the last part of the Nixon era, and Nixon was as crazy as a loon. But yeah. Nixon's got nothing on this guy. Yeah, this oh, this, you, this guy's a whole new a new. A whole new level of crazy. Yeah, well, at least you know Trump would probably be quite good at destroying the evidence. Nixon was absolutely terrible, held on to it for how many months before yeah. he released those tapes and still kept everything on them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that's interesting too about the the, uh, the transgender ban, his attempt to reintroduce this transgender ban is, yesterday I was just looking at some stuff about Syria and one of the groups that's fighting against ISIL in Syria, I think they were Kurds, I assume they're Kurds because the Kurds are the, are mm. the more progressive ones, um, have a military unit which has um, LGBTQ fighters and they were holding this, this banner saying, these faggots kill fascists. And well. then... The, 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 and this was the LGBT yeah, 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 yeah. members of it, and then there were some commanders there, you know, holding a ra uh, holding a rainbow flag, because the head of this that's awesome. The leaders of this unit are very pro LGBTQ yeah. um, rights, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. The, they've got these fighters there. Um, so even the Kurds are doing it. So yeah, people in the Middle East who are actually fighting ISIL are doing it, and Trump is is kind of like trying to replicate. ISIL's attitude towards LGBTQ <laughs> people. But like John said, it's very strange because I don't actually think that Trump deep down is that sort of bigot. He's a, traditionally, he's been a New York liberal. Mm, yeah. And whatever it is that he's doing, um, yeah, is, is very strange. And maybe he just figures yeah, well, he's got this core conservative constituency and he's going to play to that. And he hasn't really... Th I don't think he's somebody who thinks long-term. I don't mm. think he's a strategic thinker no. at all. Because somebody in his camp should have said to him, well, they should have taken away his mm. phone in the first place <laughs> and stopped him tweeting. Yeah, the fact that it was put out as a tweet, that was, that was uh, how he made his official announcement, uh, indicates possibly that he didn't really discuss this issue with... Oh, he didn't talk to anybody. Mm. Right, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, thanks very much. Maybe... Well, he might have talked to the scouts about it. Uh, and, and we know... <laughs> and we all know how bigoted the uh, Boy Scouts of America can be uh, and some of the things they've come up with over the, over the years too.
Um, all right. Uh, it's almost time for news. Here right now is Dunedin's very own Harvey Unclear with Apostate. You're on the one.